At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. It's the most wonderful time of the week. Thursday Coast, once again, with the founder of the largest online progressive community, dailycoast.com. And the founder of Civics with a Q. I think I'll start with Civics today. Marcos Melitsis joins us. Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm, I'm doing great. That was a very Christmassy intro. <laughs> it was, but I mean, it, it, I changed the lyrics though. So. <laughs> you, you did. I had to check my, I had to check the calendar, make sure that we're still in <laughs> April. <laughs> well, it feels like Christmas when you're here, man. It's like Christmas. <laughs> Christmas every Thursday. And I know, and I know our listeners feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. I know they do. So civics, um, I, I, do I understand you all did a poll uh, for one of the youth groups? And there is evidence that Biden is in trouble with young voters. Is he not? Oh, my God, he he is. I mean, it, the, I, it's very rare that you get a poll number where the, the, the disparity in certain demographics within a, within a party are as stark as this one. Uh, the poll asked how satisfied Democrats were um, in that Biden fulfilled campaign promises. And amongst older Democrats, it was like it's like 70 some percent. Um, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. But it was like, you know, it's like 70 percent or like, yeah, Biden delivered amongst young people. It's in the teens. Like it's 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 because he hasn't. Right. One of one of Biden's key campaign promises was college debt relief. And for whatever ever stubborn ass reason this should have been this should have been right out of the gate Biden should have should have forgiven student debt instead here we are you know almost you know what, a year and a half later and a key party demographic is frustrated they're angry they're pissed and they're tuning out and we don't have a big margin to play with for November's elections. We need all hands on deck. And for whatever reason, Biden hasn't just ignored one of his campaign promises, but he seems to be actively antagonizing young people by refusing to take action. So um, the poll just showed what what is, is pretty obvious. And we see it in our head to head polls with with, you know, um, when you look at Trump's approval ratings, which are which are public on civics.com. Um, civicswithacute.com is that young people are frustrated with with Biden and particularly Democrats. You know, you expect Republicans and of course they're not going to approve, right? But when your own Democratic young base has your approval ratings in the, you know, in the 30s when you're a Democrat, something is, is askew, something is wrong. And so we've, we, had a, we heard a report, I think it was Monday, that Biden has been telling people that he's going to be taking action, um, which is great. And I hope it happens soon. And I hope it actually happens. But the thing is, he could have done it at a time when people were celebrating and happy to have gotten Biden elected. He does it now. People are going to be 
it doesn't take away the frustration and the anger because then it's like, oh, finally, he finally did it. That's not really what you want to get your base to be thinking and feeling months before an election. What is the holdup, man? Why did they put this off? What what was the was thinking in the White House? Nobody knows. What everybody knows is that there's a debate, and the suspicion or the speculation is that you have a bunch of old people that paid like three thousand dollars for their entire college education back in the sixties and seventies. And so think, well, I paid off my college loans and it's not fair to those who already did pay off their college loans. Really not understanding just how ridiculously expensive higher education is these days and how disproportionate college debt affects uh, people, Americans of color. And those on the lower socioeconomic status, right? It's not, you know, it's not millionaire who sent their kids to Yale who are worried about paying student debt, right? It's people who can't afford it. They're the ones that are stuck with the student debt that had to take out the loans to begin with. And they're the ones that are being punished for trying to, to uh, live the American dream and get educated. Yeah. It, it must be a generational thing. It reminds me when, when the students were protesting at Howard last fall, the Reverend Jackson and I went to meet with the president of Howard university and their protest was around living conditions. The dorms weren't being, kept up they were in disrepair there was mold and the president of the university who grew up in the caribbean said well i grew up in worse conditions and i made it through you know i it, it made me stronger and we're like wait a minute folks are paying tuition <laughs> this isn't an experimental thing i mean yeah of course i'm sorry you went through that in the caribbean obviously you did but you don't come here and take people's money and then say, well, you have to grow up in, in squalor like I did as a kid in the Caribbean. Um, so I, th that tracks that people would say, well, I, you know, that's like people who say, well, I walk three miles to school every day. No, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, that's not a good thing. Yeah. You hated it. You hated it. Why yeah, would you yeah. want somebody else to do the thing that you hated? And so th there's a there's a wrinkle here, Mark. Uh, and I, I think it's important to to acknowledge it is that college debt relief actually doesn't pull very great. Right. Because Republicans, you know, they're anti anything education. Uh, it benefits educated people who went to college, which Republicans are obviously against. But also older people generationally think I paid my student loans. These kids today, they got it too easy. They should pay their loans as well. So it doesn't pull. So if you were to say, like, let's just look at the polls and look what Americans think. It's not the greatest polling issue. The thing is. Nobody's going to vote on it except the people that are directly impacted, right? There's not a single human being in the world that's going to be like, I was going to vote Democrat, but once they forgave those student loans, I've changed my mind, right? That person doesn't exist. So um, I, I don't see a lot of people pointing to the polls. So I, I, maybe I'm, I'm, I don't want to create a straw man uh, argument to try to beat down, but, but I've seen the numbers and they're not the greatest. And given how data-driven I am, it's something that I feel compelled to acknowledge. But again, it's, this, this is not an issue that compels people to, to actually vote on it unless you're the one that are directly affected because you're drowning under student debt. And you know, just the absolute reality is as we talk about ways to, to, you know, to stimulate the economy and, and get people uh, to be more entrepreneurial and to start their own businesses and to be able to buy a house and those things, 
you can't do that if you're sitting on hundreds of thousands of dollars of student debt, right? That literally is a damper on the economy. So uh, it'll be great, great stimulus to forget even 50,000, even 50,000. So the other, the other issue that I've heard is that there's questions about the legality of the move. And I don't know if you remember, but, but um, Barack Obama, he said on providing relief for dreamers because he was worried about what the courts would do. Finally, he was, he was sort of pressured, um, you know, arm twisted into doing it and the courts upheld it. But it, you know, this assuming, well, we, you know, the courts freaking do it, freaking do it. If that's what your values say, do it. If the courts want to come in and be a-holes about it, that's on the courts. But why is Joe Biden letting, you know, the fear of the courts, if that's the reason, again, we don't even know what the reason is. This, these are people, these are reasons that people speculate might be motivating hesitancy on the part of Joe Biden. But, uh, and again, if it's a courts, then, then, you know, try to pass legislation, let Republicans vote against it. Let young people see who it's actually standing in, in the way. But why would you sit there and piss off one of your most important constituencies for no apparent reason other than the kids today have it too easy. I mean, that that's the only explanation that seems to make any sense because nothing else does, frankly. Yeah. Um, and the legality of it. I mean, just to be clear, he could actually do this with a stroke of his pen, right? Yeah, we're not talking trying to get it through Congress because forget it, right? Nothing's going right, through right, Congress. Right. We're talking, there is, um, there is strong legal opinions that Joe Biden could erase $50,000 of student debt with a stroke of pen. Most student debt, I don't know, people don't realize, it's like 92 or 93% of student debt is held by the government. It's not, not, not by private mm -hmm. companies. It's the government. And so um, there is supposed authority up to $50,000 um, there are some people that say, well, that's not true. It's like anything else, right? Legal opinions may vary, but there seems to be strong consensus that, that $50,000, of course, then you got Republican judges, you got a Republican Supreme court, right? There, there's, there's a gauntlet that needs to, that, that needs to go through to make this happen. Just freaking do it, wipe it off. And if somebody's going to wants to go ahead and sue, you know, Rand Paul, whatever a-hole is going to try to sue. I don't know who's got standing to sue. I mean, they, you might not even have somebody uh, with the standing to make that happen. So it's, it's, there's, there's whatever legal ambiguity might exist is not Joe Biden's problem. That's the argument. It's a separate, you know, there's separation of, of power. Have Joe Biden exercise the power he, you know, that people argue that he has. And, and he can only gain. I mean, if it goes to court, whatever, but. I mean, at least he would show this important constituency that he needs to hold on to both chambers. Yeah, expand and also be, not just for that political calculation as a reason, but because it's the right thing to do. And speaking of standing, I mean, it take a real weirdo, <laughs> one of those depraved folks that that the uh, uh, Republicans pay off. Like they used to pay that guy Ward Connolly to go around the country and yeah. try to stop all civil rights landmark court rulings. I mean, just straight up. Uh, yeah, I'm here to file suit so I can continue to pay my student loan. 
so so that the government i mean these are people who say that they hate the government the government should be smaller okay great all right no more this will wipe off fifty thousand dollars it's a tax cut label let's call it a tax cut it's a tax cut <laughs> that's mean, right uh, or this is the sort of thing that that would be very very clever get rid of interest if you really are upset you know that oh well they borrowed the money there's it's personal responsibility okay wipe out the interest student loan is the only debt in the country where you don't pay down principal for when you when you start making payments you only pay interest for like 8 years so you're not even knocking down the principal for about eight years. There's nothing else like it, right? You pay a mortgage. Yeah, when you first start paying your mortgage, most of it goes into interest, but at least some of it starts paying down that, that principal. That doesn't happen with student loans. Don't even ask me why. Um, don't even ask me why, because that seems just absolutely bizarre. So, okay. Um, I think for the life of a loan, if you borrow $100,000, I think you're going to pay $300,000 in you know at the end of the student loan period that's how much interest you pay get rid of the interest and then you still nobody is not paying back what they borrowed there's no reason for the government to be making money off these loans none zero no none at all yeah i like that tax cut got to be smart and creative about it at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. All right. Uh, and folks, um, um, we've had really, we've really been blessed by Marcos and had an extra bonus because of his uh, intense uh, uh, reporting on the Ukraine, and he has an insight that that no others really seem to have. Watching some of these generals and former other military people on television, I, I don't know what they know, but we've been fortunate. And it has really blown everybody who heard last week's show about the class of people and the. Uh, the group of people that is actually fighting Putin's war. I mean, that really blew a lot of people's minds. Um, so uh, for this week, um, uh, where are we? And well, where is the war, I guess? And is, is there's anything that has, that is standing out in the past week, Marcos, to you that, that indicates any change in the situation, and especially in favor of the Ukrainians and her allies. So, uh, so first of all, just very, very gently, um, Ukraine should be referenced just as Ukraine. No, the the is used, you know, when talking about geographic regions to signify a a region. And so Russia likes to call Ukraine the Ukraine because it sort of simplifies that it's not an actual country. Nobody says wow. the, the Canada, uh, wow. the Germany, right? But they'll say the Donbas region of Ukraine. Wow. So, so we just learned learn something else, y'all. That's important. Okay, got it. So, got it. So Thank you. It, it's uh, okay. So, uh, so the sort of the big thing that that has 
come out this last week is that, um, let me go back. Um, one of the early mistakes that Russia did is it attempted the shock, shock and awe approach of attacking Ukraine from four different um, regions. So these are all separate axes of the war in the north, in the northeast, east, and in the south. Their forces were stretched too thin. They didn't have enough power to really make much headway in any of those four approaches. So they attacked April 20, uh, February 24th. By the end of March, they decide, you know what, this is not working. We need to concentrate our forces. So they pulled out of the north and they pulled out of the northeast. It was a very humiliating retreat. Um, cost them a lot, both in their attempts to take Kiev and also in the in the sort of chaotic retreat. So they move everything and they're saying, okay, now we're gonna focus, Putin said this, we're gonna focus on the Donbas region, which is the Eastern front of the war. And here we say the Donbas, because it is a region of Ukraine. And uh, um, so, okay, move 150,000 troops and then just plop them all in one front. Okay, now that's, that's some serious combat power. Okay, now, now we're onto something. So uh, I counted, when was that? Monday, I wrote a piece and I counted the new areas of attack from Russia and we're back up to 12. They're, they're, they're everywhere. They're attacking in the south. They're attacking, you know, they're still trying to take Mariupol, which is a city in the southeast. In the Donbas region, they're attacking from eight different directions. They're all over the place. Some of them are going east and south and west. And, and so this idea that they learned from their mistake in uh in kiev is uh is sort of you know it's it's we're seeing it all over again and in fact what was it monday they were even making noise about invading moldova right so they would even open yet another front with no supply lines because there's no land uh path to moldova from russia or any russian occupied territory so it, it's still a chaotic mess now if you were to look at the map, you've seen that Russia has made some territorial gains. They have uh, around the Donbas region. Very, very much true. But they also had made territorial gains around Kiev and around Sumy and around Chernihiv in the north and the northeast before they, they, they pulled out. And so people need to understand the difference between a tactical victory and a strategic victory. Tactical means they had just won a particular spot in the battlefield. They picked up this, this town. They moved, they took a bridge. They moved across a river. That's a tactical victory, just like Ukraine can tactically retreat. They can concede territory. They can bleed Russia as they pull out and say, all right, you know, you can have this piece of land. It's not worth our troops to, to, to defend it. We're going to live the fight in the next town over but we just blew up three of your tanks on the way out. So those are tactical victories, tactical retreats, tactical defeats. Strategically, we're talking about the aims of the war and the aim of the war supposedly at this point as, as I mean, the, the aim of the war was to conquer Ukraine. That's not gonna happen. So the new aim of the war, according to Putin, is that they're gonna take this Donbas region, which is the eastern easternmost two oblasts of Ukraine, oblasts or states. So it'd be like the taking... New York and New Jersey, right? It's the easternmost. They're they're the most Russian, ethnically Russian areas of Ukraine. 
and then they want to sort of hold the south which they which they still do and uh and eventually they'd want to go all the way to moldova but <laughs> again that's not going to happen so so at least you're like okay are they meeting their strategic goals and right now they're nowhere near meeting their strategic goals and in fact the amount of losses that they've suffered for their very meager tactical victories makes it unsustainable. They cannot lose the amount of equipment they've been losing to gain 10 kilometers here, three kilometers there for territory that is literally two, 300 kilometers long and another hundred, we're talking about 4,000 square kilometers, you know, and, and they're losing dozens of tanks and, and hundreds of troops to pick up single digit kilometers. So that's, that's sort of the state of the war. And um, so how long can they continue to prosecute the war? I mean, that's a good question. So there's, there's the, the, the short answer is that given what they have now, not long, we're talking months, they're going, if they want to actually take this war seriously, they're going to have to have a general conscription. They're going to have to have a draft. So we're going to find out May 9th, is there a victory day parade and they're going to declare victory over something? <laughs> I don't know what, because they still don't have anything, but they're going to try to declare victory. And the speculation is that either Putin announces a general um, mobilization at that time, or he doesn't. And if he doesn't, that's sort of his last chance. And it's a sign that they'll just grind it out and, and, uh, and it'll, we'll go back to what we had maybe for eight years or, all this new equipment from the West finally gets fully deployed, which take a couple months and then Ukraine can actually go on the offensive. So that's where we are right now. This war is still going to be going through the rest of the year. I mean, it's, it's neither side is interested in, in compromising at this point because they don't, Putin can't, he can't declare, you know, he, he right now it's about 25,000, Russian soldiers have died. 30, 40,000 more are injured and out of the fight. And NATO is enlarging. Finland and Sweden are joining NATO. The, uh, the um, sanctions are starting to bite. We're seeing that the Russian economy is going to contract at least 15% this year. I mean, there's a lot of factors coming in that Putin can just say like, oh, never mind. <laughs> he can't. He cannot suffer the humiliation. It's the end of him. Meanwhile, Ukraine realizes, wait, you know, our existing army held off the Russians or we're even picking up territory here and there. We have 300,000 reservists out in Western Ukraine that are training on all this new sweet nato equipment in two to three months they'll be ready to join the force and that's offensive equipment this is the kind of stuff that'll allow them to retake territory ukraine can't really go on the offensive right now it just doesn't have the equipment to do so that's coming and uh so why would they surrender territory when they've got all this sweet gear and the people that manage it you know coming online in just a couple months so yeah this war's gonna last for a while at Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker. 
engineering your success. May 9th, we will see what happens. Folks, and, and Marcos is writing um, every day at Daily Coast about the war. Um, a lot of good information, a lot of good analysis, and uh, uh, really um, he's culling together a lot of information from other sources. So, And Mark Sumner is too, so be sure. Yeah, our uh, war coverage is pretty yeah, fantastic, I got to say. Uh, and if y'all, you know, tired of the monotony on TV, because they can only do sound bites, but read and, and get more. All right. Thursday Coast, y'all. Thanks as always, buddy. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.